0: Our reading this morning is from James, chapter 4, verses 13 to 17. James, chapter 4, starting at verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, will we go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Well, what a few years we've had. Back in 2019 into 2020, no one could have forecast that we would go through a pandemic. There we were making plans. We had various plans as a church. We were going to celebrate our 20th anniversary as a church in 2020. Pretty much everything had to be cancelled. Other people were planning weddings and wedding anniversaries and birthdays. My uncle, Russell, died of COVID. Nobody was expecting that, he was still working full time. No one thought that things would be so restricted regarding who could come to the funeral. And so he could go on. And all of this makes the point of James 4, 13 to 17, verse 14 especially you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. William Ernest Hendley was a 19th century atheist. When he was 12, he had his left leg ampute- amputated below the knee. He was the inspiration behind Long John Silver in Treasure Island. But Hendley was a poet, not a pirate. The editor of a literary magazine Perhaps his best-known poem is Invictus. It means unconquered. The last line is most famous. I am master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. We love to think that. Barack Obama read these lines at Nelson Mandela's funeral. There's only one problem with them, they're not true. We are not masters of our fate. We are not the captains of our soul. We are in fact completely dependent on Bonamy. Better than Hindley's Invictus is Margaret Clarkson's hymn, I know not where tomorrow's road may turn my pilgrim way. I may not taste its joy or care, nor see beyond today. But this I know, my father plans the path I cannot see. He knows each turn, each hill and dale, and he will walk with me. This is our hope for Zebby. And Elodie, this morning, we do not know what lies ahead of them. We don't know what trials they may face. But we trust in a Father God who wisely ordains all the events of our lives, the easy and the difficult things, and who can be trusted to take us through life and then one day into heaven. Three things to say from James chapter 4. James is the brother of Jesus. He's the leader of the church in Jerusalem. He's writing to Christians who are scattered among the nations. Three things to say. Don't be arrogant. Appreciate life is short and commit all your plans to God. Firstly, then, don't be arrogant. Verses 13, 14, and 16. Verse 16. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. What is so arrogant about these schemes? It's arrogant to assume that we can make plans without God. The dictionary definition of arrogance is having an exaggerated sense Of one's own importance. We think, I think, I am the master of my fate, I am the captain of my soul. And therefore, verse 13, James says, now listen you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. We all make variations on these sort of plans. What do we plan to do this afternoon? What do we plan to do tomorrow? What do we plan for next week? What are our five-year plans? It's not wrong to plan. It's not wrong to be prepared. But it is arrogant to assume that we can predict the future without God. Verse 14, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Arrogant boasting about the future is evil, according to verse 16. Isn't that a bit strong? Why is boasting about the future evil? Well, it's denying God his rightful place. God alone knows the future. God alone controls our destiny. God alone is the master of our fate. God should be the captain of our soul. So, secondly, appreciate that life is short, back in verse 14. Second half of verse 14. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. I'm 48. The last 48 years have gone pretty quickly. The first 25 years of my marriage have flown by. It only seems like yesterday that we were looking after babies. Now we have three grown-up children. Life flies by. Life is like the morning mist. It appears for a little while, then it vanishes. I was watching a documentary about Margaret Thatcher the other evening. All the characters in that documentary seemed so important at the time. Reagan, Gorbachev, Thatcher herself. The characters from Thatcher's cabinet. Where are they all now? Well, either dead or in extreme old age, most of them. Life just flies by. And all the time, we're hurtling towards an appointment with God, our judge. Please do appreciate the shortness of life. We are like the mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Can I ask you, Are you ready to meet God, your Maker? I'm 48, but already contemporaries of mine have gone to their graves. A school friend gone. She was 42 when she died of a brain hemorrhage. None of us can assume that we'll live to see old age. Are you ready to meet God? How do we get ready? To meet God? Well, firstly, we need to admit that we need Him. We need to admit that we cannot live independently of Him. Secondly, we need to admit that we're sinful, that we do things wrong. Thirdly, we need to come to Him for forgiveness. The big question when we stand before God will be, am I forgiven or unforgiven? You may remember a Clint Easton Western called Unforgiven. I've never forgotten seeing a queue of people lining up to buy tickets for the film. There they all were, lined up, under the banner, Unforgiven. That's how it's going to be on the day of judgment. A great mass of humanity will be lined up to meet with God, unforgiven. And the tragedy of that is that God has done everything to make possible our forgiveness. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God loved the world so much that he gave Jesus to leave the glory of heaven, to be born in Bethlehem, to live a perfect life, and to die on the cross in our place, to take the punishment for the things we've done wrong. And that means we can be forgiven whatever we've done wrong, If we truly repent, if we truly turn away from all we know to be wrong, we can be forgiven. We can face God with confidence, knowing that he chooses to forget all that we've done wrong. Will you face God forgiven or unforgiven? What is your life? you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So don't be arrogant. Appreciate that life is short. And thirdly, commit all your plans to God, verses 15 to 17. Instead of making arrogant plans that don't involve God, verse 15, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. In former days, it was very common for church notice boards to add two letters to their notices. DV, what does DV stand for? It stands for Deo Volente in Latin. In English, God willing. It was commonplace in church circles to say, we will meet on Monday evening for prayer, God willing, or DV. We've got out of the habit of saying that now. But it's a very important principle, verse 15 again. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Perhaps you've never thought about this. How confident are you that your plans will proceed, that your plans will succeed? Well, if it is the Lord's will, if it is the Lord's will, I will get that job or move to that house or get married or have children or land that promotion If it is not the Lord's will, it's arrogant of me to boast about it. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. The good we ought to do in these verses is to submit all our plans to God. More than that, we should submit our very lives to God we should freely admit I am not the master of my fate. I want God to be the captain of my soul. This is the only basis on which we can have confidence for the future. This is our confidence for Elodie and Zebi. Not that everything will go swimmingly for them, there will be difficulties and challenges, but in God's hands, they are secure. They are secure for this life and for eternity, because even when they die, they'll go to be be with God in heaven. I wonder, has God shown you this morning the good you ought to do If you don't do that good thing, that's sin for you. Sin is not just the things we do wrong. Sin is also the good things we fail to do. Today, if you've heard God's voice, if you've heard him calling you, and you do not respond, that is sin. And that applies to all the good things God is prompting us to do. If we don't do them, that is sin. The fundamental issue is, who is in charge of my life? Is it the God who made me, the God who loved me? The God who gave his son to die for me? Is he captain of my soul? or am I stubbornly resisting him? We can do that for a while. We can ignore God. We can disregard God for a while. But one day, there will come a decisive moment when we stand before God. My parents-in-law went to a memorial service last week for a friend of theirs who's died. She seemed perfectly healthy Her husband left her to go and make a cup of tea. And when he came back, she was dead. There was no chance to say goodbye. She just died suddenly. That could happen to any one of us. That's why it's urgent that we get right with God today. Thank him for his great love for you. Thank him that he gave Jesus to be your savior. Commit your life to him, to loving him and serving him.